Hi, everyone, and welcome to Dead to Rights, the podcast video for the crime genre industry. I'm your host, Donna Carrick. I'm pleased this week to bring you an interview with Tom Bennett, author of the Cass Gentry Mystery Series. And Tom has been writing for, for many years, but he was also involved in theater performance um, and uh, production of theater performance for many years. So he knows how to bring a dramatic flair to his noir crime novels. So be sure to check him out. It's Tom Bennett, T-H-O-M-B-E-N-N-E-T-T, and you can find his books at Amazon or other great e-retailers. So be sure to look them up. And it's the Cass Gentry Mystery Series. Before we get to our interview today, I'd like to let you know that submissions are now closed for A Grave Diagnosis, our Carrick Publishing Crime Anthology that is scheduled to be released in the fall of 2020. If you were able to get your submission in, thank you very much, and I'll be sure to get back to you just as soon as possible. If you were not, and if you missed the deadline, then I'm sorry about that. Hopefully we'll be able to see you in one of our new anthologies coming up in a couple of years. So we try to do them every other year. Um, now, before I bring Tom on, I want to also invite you, if you are a crime author, to send in a request to be interviewed on Dead to Rights. If you're someone who would like to widen your platform, I'd be happy to hear from you. Send me an email at carrotpublishing at rogers.com. And in the subject line, please say, Interview Dead to Rights. I try to do these every week for a season, and we're right now in season three. And we've converted from straight podcast to video podcast, as you can see, um, in order to widen our audience. So I'd be very happy to hear from you. Again, that is Publishing at rogers.com. And in the subject line, say, Interview Dead to Rights. Now, before I bring Tom on the line, I've promised to do a public service announcement related to COVID-19, so here we go. COVID-19, better known as coronavirus, has spread throughout the world. Information about children with this disease is limited, but they are known to have mild symptoms. Many organizations are responding accordingly depending on their area. It is best to stay home and away from others, especially when sick and continue following healthy washing hands guidelines, covering mouth and nose, and not touching your face or high-touch surfaces. Clean and disinfect high, highly-touched surfaces. For more information, please visit cdc.gov COVID-19. Thank you. And now I'm delighted to welcome Tom Bennett to Dead to Rights, the podcast video. How are you this morning, Tom? I'm very well, Donna. Thank you for asking. How are you this morning? I'm very well, thank you. Yes, the sun is shining. It's another beautiful day in COVID country. <laughs> and I understand that you're trapped in the northern reaches. Is that right? Well, it's, uh, yes, uh, we're near Huntsville, actually. Um, I'm halfway between Huntsville and Rosso um, here in the wintertime. And I haven't moved to the cottage yet. Okay, okay. Well, uh, I'm glad to have you here, and I'm glad we were able to make a connection, even though I know that your internet is kind of wonky, so we'll have to bear with it. Um, now, you have just completed a story for our upcoming anthology, A Grave Diagnosis, and what is the title of your story, Tom? It's uh, called The Empty Grave. 
It's, it's a really good story. I enjoyed reading it very much. Can you tell us a little bit about your protagonist? Um, yes, the protagonist is uh, named Cass Gentry. Uh, this is the second uh, of the short stories that I've written about him. Um, actually, uh, there are two novels out. Uh, I originally wrote uh, the first novel, uh, came out a few years ago, called The Death Merchants. And uh, the sequel to it uh, came out uh, last fall, and it's entitled uh, The Man with Hemingway's Face. Uh, took me between uh, writing the two of them and overlapping editing and preparing the second novel. It took about 15 years for the two books. Okay, okay, well, that's very interesting. Um, 15 years is a very long time. Now, uh, have you shopped yeah. those books around? Have you looked for a publisher? Um, they've been published by um, uh, Dark Porch Publishing, which is a small indie press. Okay. Um, but they send them out to Amazon, mm -hmm. and Amazon uh, has them, along with my other books, uh, in their uh, catalog. Okay. Uh, they've been selling there, plus I shop them around uh, in some of the local bookstores. Um, I haven't taken the time to, to really uh, shop them as much as I should be. I'm too busy writing more books, but... but they're available on Amazon, and that's the big one. Now, uh, what are the titles of the two novels? Uh, the first novel is called The Death Merchants. Mm -hmm. uh, it takes place in the summer of 1952, or pardon me, 1959. Mm -hmm. And uh, it follows the adventures of our, our protagonist, uh, Cass Gentry, uh, who is a Canadian by birth. A uh, little backstory on him. His, um, his family was born down in the Southern Ontario area of uh, Cambridge Galt. Um, mother... Uh, has, uh, has a summer cottage up in um, Muskoka area. And um, Cass, when he was uh, in high school, he wasn't doing too well. So his father, who was a, a fairly well-to-do industrialist, uh, sent him, got him enrolled in a military academy in upstate New York. Okay. Uh, from there, uh, he decided that he was going to stay in the States after he graduated from the military academy and um, do a degree at New York University. And after he finished that, uh, Korean War came along and he enlisted as a Canadian and in the American Army. Okay, okay. Following okay. that, he, um, uh, he was um, um, honored. Um, he also uh, took some special ops training, uh, worked in Washington for a short period of time, which he can't talk about. And then he opened up his own private detective agencies and uh, he, he lives and works out of uh, Greenwich Village. He sounds like a real uh, all around gumshoe noir character. Uh, would that kind of describe him? Pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. He's, uh, he's, he's, he's sensitive, uh, but he's highly trained and, uh, you know, he's quite skilled. And um, in the death also, uh, Sorry? In the death merchant, uh, can you tell me a little bit about your villain? Well, there's a, there's the villain and there's the villain. <laughs> um, the um, the villain of this particular story uh, is a uh, is the son of a New York New Jersey gangster, um, and uh, he uh, he he gets a hate on for Gentry because he was humiliated and beaten in a poker game one night, 
and uh, he uh, sends thugs around to uh, to uh, teach Gentry a lesson, but uh, Gentry turns the tables on him, so it becomes a hate revenge type of situation from there on. However, um, the main story uh, follows Gentry as he uh, goes uh, back to Canada uh, to work on a, uh, a, a murder that takes place uh, in the Muskoka area at a summer theater. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, an ex-girlfriend uh, turns out to be the uh, artistic director of the theater, and she feels like she's going to be incriminated. So he goes to work. Meanwhile, the subplot of the villain uh, is going to try to follow him with some of his thugs. Okay. Okay. And you're very familiar with the Muskoka region. Can you tell our listeners uh, who may not be familiar with it a little bit about Muskoka? Well, it's uh, it's a cottage country. Uh, it's um, right in the middle of it is uh, Lake Joseph and uh, Lake Rosso. Um, very expensive real estate country. Um, upmarket uh, vacationers. Mm-hmm. And, um, People like Goldie Hawn. Exactly. Yes, Goldie Hawn and her husband, and uh, a lot of that same gang that uh, was in the TV series Shit's Creek uh, that just finished after five years, and um, and um, yes, met a few of them because I ran a summer theater over there, uh-huh. and uh, they came to the summer theater, and uh, they also came over to the uh, the other theater I ran in the Perry Sound area. Uh, Rainbow Theater. A lot of fun running a theater. How many years did you do that for? Well, I did that uh, concurrently with uh, with uh, my job as a professional educator. Um, I did the theater for 20 years. Uh, it was summer theater, and uh, and I could uh, do that and uh, work, you know, in the winter time at the same time in my own time, uh, mm-hmm. developing that. And uh, it was uh, professional summer stock. Mm-hmm. We had. Uh, we had professional actors, I had professional directors and uh, uh, technicians, uh, dis- set designers and so on. And as you asked, uh, it lasted for uh, for 20, 20 years between the two theaters. Wow, wow, that's a pretty long run. What, what were some of your favorite plays that, that you hosted? Um, well, I directed the, the thrillers myself uh, and we did a lot of Peter Colley's uh, works. Uh, I'll be back before midnight, and uh, Mark of Cain, and so on. In fact, uh, Peter uh, came and seen a few of the shows himself, and uh, got to know him quite well. Um, I, um, at the same time, I was writing plays, mm-hmm. and I had a few of my plays published. Uh, my most popular one is uh, called Dark Rituals, which was uh, published by Samuel French. Mm-hmm. And uh, the rest of them are available through uh, Playwrights Guild of Canada. However, the Summer Theatre, uh, you asked about the my favorite plays. Uh, I love the British farces. Uh, I had a very talented uh, friend, um, or he became friends through the theatre experience. Uh, he had uh, studied at Birmingham Rep uh, in England as an actor, and uh, he came back to Canada and... Um, uh, was the artistic director of several summer theaters, and uh, I was lucky enough to uh, to get him to direct plays for me as well. And uh, he did the British farces and the, some of the musicals, and we uh, hired out the uh, other directors for the musicals. 
Wow, wow, that's pretty impressive, Tom, really. And uh, in terms of your writing, what are you working on now? Uh, I just finished uh, a collection of uh, short stories and a novella uh, he headlining this, the, uh, the collection uh, called uh, Promises. Uh, the book itself is called Promises and Other White Lies. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, uh, it features um, uh, a collection of other stories. It has another Cass Gentry story, mm -hmm. uh, along with his, uh, his uh, new sidekick, uh, his girlfriend, mm -hmm. uh, who is, strangely enough, the daughter of the gangster, not the, not the nasty gangster, but the nasty gangster's father, Frank Palladino. Okay. I'm, I'm actually, I'm writing two sets of stories right now, the, uh, or three if you count the short stories, the, uh, the Cast Gentry Mysteries, and, which include um, the more serious um, New York mobs, and, um, and uh, I'm also writing a, a comedy series uh, in the same lines as Damon Runyon. Comedy series. Uh, Damon brave Runyon you, brave you. <laughs> <laughs> comedy is so hard. Now this must be your association with Melody Campbell. Um, well, she's uh, she. I I met her online, or at least uh, on the phone, when she was with the uh, the, um, um, the you know the the mystery company. Um, I was going to say Playwrights Guild, but um, um, I'm sorry, it just escapes me offhand. I'm a member, for goodness sake. Uh, um, anyways, God, um, I, I met her over the phone, and um, and we became friends um, through a uh, miracle of of uh, the internet, and uh, we've been exchanging, um, you know, stories back and forth, uh, ideas, and. Uh, and we have a, a bit in common. Uh, we both love writing. She's exceptionally uh, successful, as you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm a novice in comparison. Uh, but we also enjoy old movies and, uh, and uh, music and so on. Well, Melody's got just an incredible sense of humor. So I'm sure that's another connecting point between the two of you. She's uh, really a very funny lady. <laughs> and uh, so you, you actually took a writing course and I think, uh, did you know Melody through that? Uh, no, actually not, no. Oh, okay, okay. I, I wondered if that's how you've met, sorry. Um, just jumping the gun there, because I know that she, she, has a, she, she has a huge network through that, you know. Um, no, it was actually through uh, Crime Writers of Canada, <laughs> which oh, I remember. Okay, that makes more sense then, yes. Um, now, the, the humor that you're working on, can you give me some titles of something that you've got going? Well, it's a series of short stories again. Um, the, uh, the protagonist is, um, is a friend of uh, Frank Palladino, the gangster. Uh, they grew up together as kids, and the protagonist, uh, his name is Charlie Silverman. And uh, Charlie is actually a, a Broadway producer. He produces plays off and on Broadway. Uh, and um, the set of stories, uh, are the Uncle Charlie stories, um, uh, one of them was, uh, was published in uh, Mystery Weekly magazine uh, called the, uh, the, the Passport uh, or Passport Blues as uh, the new title. 
and I've written several others. Uh, the Gangster's Problem um, is uh, the second one in that series. Uh, another one called The Winding Kid. What was that last one? Uh, the Winding Kid. And, and the most recent one is called uh, The Day the Chickens Flew. So they're all comedies and they're all, as they say, in the, uh, the Damon Runyon-esque type. Um, they're fantastic titles. I just love them. The Passport Blues, The Winding Kid, the, uh, what was the other one that you mentioned? Uh, the Day the Chickens Flew. The Day the Chickens Flew. These are wonderful titles. I really Thanks. like them. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So yeah. everybody look for Thomas Bennett on Amazon. And Tom, you're bringing a lot of your theatrical knowledge and a uh, sense of drama to the writing. I can tell this from your story, The Empty Grave, which is going to be in a grave diagnosis. So it's got a great tie in title as well. Um, but there's just a great sense of drama from scene to scene that I notice. And that's got to come from your theatrical background. Well, it sure, it sure helps. Um, in fact, the latest uh, Charlie Silverman story, uh, Charlie actually uh, goes to Cass Gentry. Uh, he finds out about Cass as a good detective through the Paladino mob connection because, uh, as they say, Cass is dating Frank Paladino's uh, daughter, Eleanor. And uh, so uh, Charlie goes to Cass to solve a problem that he's having in the theater. And, uh, and Eleanor comes along. This is the first time that we introduce Eleanor as a partner of Cass Gentry's, although we do meet her in the second novel, uh, uh, the, uh, the Man with Hemingway's Face, which is a very serious uh, uh, a mystery thriller. And we find in that novel that she's got some extremely um, interesting skills uh she's really her father's daughter so, okay. so anyway so uh, it, that's the latest uh, story um uh it's a uh, it's actually uh written from the viewpoint of uh, of Cass Gentry uh we I use his voice rather than Uncle Charlie's voice but you can see there's a crossover between the the two types of stories the Uncle Charlie stories the Cass Gentry stories Yes, 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 you can see what that. It's called uh, Too Many Love Letters. So it will also be in my new... Country. He's a great character. And again, I love the sense of drama from scene to scene. And uh, it's, you know, it's wonderful that you're able to get these stories consolidated in this way and get them out there. Um, I guess, you know, it's hard for a lot of people. What would you recommend for new writers who are just getting into um, trying to prepare novels, trying to prepare short story collections? Do you have any tips of any kind, a wide, broad, any tip that you can give new writers? Well, the, the, the first and foremost one is, uh, is, you know, you've got to be a reader. Yes. Um, they should be reading. They should be reading uh, the genre that they're, uh, that they're writing in. Uh, I was lucky when I was a kid, my parents uh, started me on Classics Illustrated. So I, I got a good grounding in classic novels so that when I got a little older, I actually started reading the real novels. Um, but at the same time, I was also reading Hardy Boy books, which got me interested in mystery writing. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
by the time I was 13, I graduated to the Mickey Spillane's Mike Hammer novels. Mm -hmm. And from there on, I was influenced by other writers like Elmer Leonard and uh, John D. McDonald and Ian Rankin. Mm -hmm. So um, that would be first and foremost recommendation is to, is you've got to be a reader. You've got to see what's- It's never too uh, late. It's never too late to pick that habit up and make it consistent. Um, most of us who write, uh, really consider ourselves writers. We were avid readers as children, but it's never too late to create a new habit or to, to have a new beginning. Um, if you were not an avid reader as a child, pick up a book in your favorite genre, something that you like to watch on TV, for example, that you think will capture your interest, and just make it a habit to read a little bit every day. I know in today's world it's very difficult to have that kind of focus on any one activity but i really recommend even before bed or in the morning when you first get up it's like brushing your teeth at one end of the day or the other or both um do a little reading even if it's just a few pages even if that's all you've got the time or the energy for after your busy day but i don't think you can be a good writer without reading i really truly don't i think you've chosen the best tip you could possibly give, Tom, and I, I thank you for doing it. Um, because well, thank you, thank you. We talk about the skills needed, we talk about the passion needed, we talk about the character, you've got to have a character so you've got to have some imagination, but the most important thing is you've got to know what a page looks like, and you will never acquire that without reading. Yes, and I'm sure you agree that um, one of the main things in writing is to is to write about something you know about. You know, you... Yes, although there are arguments about that. You do have to have a premise knowledge in anything you're writing, but you don't have to restrict yourself to your own knowledge base. Um, there are a lot of really great writers who go outside their knowledge base, and they do it through research. You can't fake it. You've got oh, yeah, to get involved in the research if you're going to go that route. And, um, you know, of course, it's going to flow very easily if it's a topic you already know about. So that's a great place to start. Well, you're perfectly correct. I, I would, don't know what I would, would do with if I didn't have the, uh, you know, the computer for the research part of it all. I don't know how writers used to do it. I think they used to belong largely to the wealthier class, the leisure class, who could travel and experience and, and do all these things easily because they had the money and the time. But uh, for those of us now who are struggling along in our little garrets, um, the internet is just a godsend. Oh, it sure is. I know is when I, uh, I've often told students of mine at when I was doing my doctorate degree and working on my, my dissertation, um, I was you know, sending the questions on card stock and they would you know, punch out whatever the magic was with the, with the computer people. And uh, it was sent to a, 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 well, Syracuse University. <laughs> would go into a machine that was as large, would go into a machine that was as large as a building. Oh, I know. <laughs> I'm old enough to remember, and I'm old enough to remember buildings, entire work buildings that were kept at a cold temperature, and we all had to work in the cold because the computer room had to be kept at a certain temperature in order to protect the mainframes. And uh, it was just like, um, what would we say? We would say something like, um, 
lost in space or something like that or the very very old uh, doctor who's or <laughs> you know it really was like that you know and cards would have to be fed into these things it's just wild anyway tom thank you so much for joining me today on dead to rights i really appreciate it and uh uh, just stay on the line for a moment, but I just want to thank you first, um, and uh, it's really great talking to you. Well, it's my pleasure. In fact, uh, I'm, I'm very, very, very pleased that you asked me, and uh, I'm sorry if I rattled on. You know, once I get it's rolling, not, uh, yeah. it's just very interesting. I try to get writers from all different backgrounds and all different um, ways to come, as long as they write mystery, because I think it's good for our, our listeners, who are both readers and writers to know the diversity that there is amongst we writers, you know? Um, and everybody look for Thomas Bennett, B-E-N-N-E-T-T -T, on Amazon. Look for his novels um, and for his short story collections. And uh, tell him that Donna sent you. Now, I just, sorry. <laughs> I'm just gonna jump in there. I, I just go under the writer's name of Tom, T-H-O-M. Okay. Tom Bennett. Thank you for correcting that. That's perfect. So Tom Bennett, that's a little easier probably to find because, um, you know, I, I, you know what Amazon's like. It's just a real snake pit to find anybody. Well, if you're looking for me on Kindle, they have all my books together. There's about six of them there. And uh, but if you look on just for books, you know, hardcover books or softcover books, uh, you know, they've got me in several different areas. So. Uh, Good luck. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. I'm sure they will be able to find you. I want to thank Tom Bennett for joining us today on Dead to Rights, the podcast video for the crime genre industry. It was great having you on, Tom, and I hope that you'll continue to tune in. And I hope our listeners will tune in next week when we'll be bringing you an interview with Madonna Scaff, who is a new writer on the crime scene and has a terrific new series out, which is highly critically acclaimed. So please join us, and that's Madonna Scaff next week. The following week, we'll be speaking with author Joan O'Callaghan, who also happens to be a very dear friend of mine. So she's got a lot to say. She has taught English teachers throughout her career at OISE and knows an awful lot about the writing industry. So please join us for Joan O'Callaghan in two weeks. And I also want to send out my thanks, as always, to our son, Ted Carrick, talented musician and composer and producer, and he provided the theme song for Dead to Rights, Eyes of Gold, which is coming up right now. Thank you, and hope to see you next week. Dusty road, man alone. His vital signs go on hold. And I don't know what you've been told. But the years have turned my eyes gold. And I told you what you told me with 
never be in the same boat for free. Yet it rides. Let it ride.